1: Hey hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Pirrie. I'm Gordon Henderson. And we are cock a hoop today. We've got a five-star performance to talk about. Well, five goals at least. It's a case of just saying like, what time is it Guys. It's five past Trinit. One of my favourite calls that I like to do out here. I, I do it on commentary and one of the teams loves it. Had a few complaints from the opposition teams when when we put that in and they're watching the, the highlights back later. But there we go. But it was a five-star performance. We're going to delve into that in a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about cup football. We're going to talk about the the rising COVID cases and how it's been affecting the game in England hasn't affected it too too badly yet in Scotland but before we get into any of that let's find out who this week's
2: sponsor is Lee. So we have a couple of sponsors this week and we want to to thank the Phoenix England office um, for an amazing donation which we'll be putting straight towards the clubs to go towards the GPS vests. So, just a little bit of a blurb. The Phoenix, Office and Lounge, Welsh are proud to support East Fife in these difficult times and would encourage all East Fife fans to help out the club if they can. At the Phoenix, we offer a warm and friendly atmosphere to anyone who comes to visit us. We offer a generous 35 mil measure of all premium brands and have a fantastic range of draft beers and ciders, including Magna's Viginal and the best pint of Guinness in town. Once lockdown's over, head along to their Domino's night on a Tuesday, their pub quiz on a Sunday, or for your next special occasion, why not book their function suite for, sorry for your next for the next special occasion. Why not book the function suite for just one hundred and forty nine pound, which includes a DJ. They also have an amazing jukebox with over thirty thousand songs in it. Um, so if you're in the mood for music, you'll find what you want. So thanks to. to um, the phoenix and Lawrence welsh once again and also this episode's brought to you by scott miller pt you can find scott miller on facebook by searching scott miller pt on facebook or instagram scott is offering zoom classes coaching and once lockdown's finished you can book him in for a personal training session at gym 64 in going Office. there you go lee
1: one for you after the lockdown's
2: done yeah 100 percent. so at the phoenix do they sell kombucha no, I, I don't think you'll get that there. Um, and we'll, we'll leave what we, we decided that your your drink sounded like off-air uh, conversation for that. Gordon looks like he's choking for a pint of that rather than the large beverage of Peroni that I think that he's drinking. He, he must only crack out the, the good stuff. Yep, must only crack
1: out the good stuff and we get five goals. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? And just be, before we kind of delve into too much, we, we talked about raising money for the GPS for the club in our Christmas special, but there's going to be some folk that probably didn't hear that or we're going to have some new listeners. So can you just maybe re- remind people exactly what we're trying to do here and what the club are looking for?
2: So the club have actually provided the, the GPS vests now um, for the the players, but um, obviously that I, we didn't know that until just the last few days and then we've had a donation in so we'll be transferring that money to the club as, as soon as the show's over tonight and then yeah um, I, I think that the that Tony and Dan got what they wanted so hopefully the the data analysis will, will certainly help and we'll, we'll find out what the the outcome of the vests are hopefully in the coming weeks and we'll maybe get sent some more gifts by Tony um, and I have to publicly apologise to, to Tony because uh, he messaged me yesterday after the the Jack situation and said that we all need to to calm down um, and that they'll find a suitable replacement and that goals will start coming from other places in the park. And I said, and where do you imagine that'll be? And he's like, well, you've got Aggie and Liam Watt. He's like, I fancy Aggie to score tomorrow. Um, So literally about 10 minutes before we come on here tonight, he forwarded me the tweet that he said that and said, retweet, told you so. So yeah, um, I've not had my tea yet, but I'm sure that humble pie will probably be on the menu at some point.
1: Yeah, I mean, can you believe it? Some people today, when it was one nil to Trenant, were going, I don't see a scoring. I mean, who would have said something as stupid as that?
2: I don't know, but let's be honest, Gordon's always got a bit of a dodgy opinion, so. I, he, he
1: does, it's terrible. But I mean, let's hope they do use the, this GPS to find their way to the box, because that would really help, because we do need a striker, we do need goals. We've got five today. We'll come to that shortly. But I want to start with a big East 5 News of the Week, and it isn't a cup win over a non league team. It was the departure of our very own flower, our flower of Bayview. When will we see the likes again? Possibly February, depending on how things work out. But Jack Hamilton has been recalled by Lovingston. We don't have him now. He wasn't going to play today anyway. He was going to be cup tied. But a bit of a, a surprise. I mean, we, we were worried it was going to happen, but then we thought, nah, they're not going to. Why would they call him back? But Livingston have a busy schedule of games coming up. I think they've got six games coming up this month compared to the, the two that you could have played with with us. Livingston are not ruling out that at the end of January, at the end of the transfer window, the East 5 will be able to get Jack Hamilton back. But definitely uh, a big, big blow, Lee. I mean, I, I don't think a young lad's touched you in a way that Hamilton has for a number of years.
2: No, I think that, look, we were all equally as devastated when, when we heard the news yesterday and, and look, at he's been outstanding for us. I, th- I think his goals and appearance record speaks for itself in the, in the short time he's been with us and, you know, I, I put it on the Twitter page yesterday, I'm, I'm extremely worried where, where our goals are going to come from. Obviously, we'll, the, the real test will be in the coming weeks when we're, we're starting to play opposition more on our, our playing field. Um, so yeah, definitely sad to lose Jack, but I think that look, we've got to have a have faith in the management team and the and the players that they've signed and and what they've contributed. Um, if if we go back to Anton Dowds or bringing in Jack Hamilton, you know, we've we've got to have the faith in them that they'll find a suitable replacement. But it's going to be pretty big shoes to fill.
1: I mean, Doug, what was your reaction when you heard that Hamilton had had been recalled? It was horrible news for me to wake up to. When got that coming through did you think it might happen do you think we we might get him back
3: um, I, I was totally gutted, like absolutely gutted it was like a, I don't know like a death in the family, well that's a bit extreme um, I, I was really surprised because I think it came like hours after they'd announced that they'd signed like a 19th striker, they seem to have loads yeah, of yeah, got an Irish of...
1: guy yeah yeah
3: uh, I mean, he's maybe a bit more unknown, I guess. But um, no, it was it was quite somber in the in the Doug household. I actually channeled one of my favourite artists, um, and I thought I would just quickly share my thoughts with the you guys and the listeners. Um, please, thank you. Please do. Um, it's this is to, to Jack if he's listening. Did did we disappoint you or, or let you down? You touched our hearts. You touched our souls. You changed our lives with all your goals. Goodbye, Jack Hamilton. Goodbye, our friend. You have been the one. You have been the one for us.
1: Absolutely beautiful. Chills. Uh, Chills. I'm, like, wiping tears away here. It's, like, that, that would bring tears to a, a glass eye. It, it's just, it really is that, that moving. I mean, are, are you touched by that as well, Gordon? What poem have you brought to, to share with the audience oh, I was
4: incredibly touched by that. Um I think um, I'm ashamed of. I've, I've been too too heartbroken to put together any any kind of poetry. It's
2: still too raw for me. Um, Were the splotches of water from your eyes smudging all the things that you'd written down? Or
4: yeah, I started so many of them, but I uh, thought they weren't good enough. They didn't do testament for Jack. It just I didn't have the proper words to express my feelings. Really.
1: I mean, I I've, I was watching the Hamilton musical on Disney+. Plus. Just anything Hamilton-related I, I was doing, even turned on some Aki's highlights. It's just... I mean, Lee, you, you're a guy that... You love your poetry, you love the war poets. I mean, what what can you share with us?
2: I, I think that I'm a little bit upset that you, you've you put me on the spot without
1: giving the adequate time to prepare, but I think that, that the only way that I could... It's from the heart, Lee. It's from the heart. You think Doug was prepared? No, that was just like from his heart. Well, the only thing that I could say is once upon a time, we had Scott
2: Fox mm-hmm. and we've lost Hamilton, our Jack in the Box. Ah,
1: very nice. That, very nice. That's nice. I, I'm going to go for the more simple. There was a young man called Jack that used to make Lee empty his sack. Not as much as Ryan Wallace. On a, on a more
3: serious note, for me anyway, um, yeah, it's gotten that he's gone. There's no doubt about that. I'm kind of a Lee that the Warriors now would obviously, we need to get someone in. And I'm, we definitely will. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. It, massive best luck to him. He you know, he, he certainly did his, his utmost for us in his short time. I'd be surprised if he comes back, but that would just be a beautiful little... Uh, little present at the end of the January window. But no, all the rest of them. I think, I think they actually have like 11 games in 36 days or something. I remember the manager saying for Livingston. So hopefully he gets a wee chance. And we either hope one of two things, he's either very good and or he's terrible. And they go, right, we'll just send him back. So one of the two. But no, good luck to the lad. He was excellent. So fingers crossed he's guff at
1: Livingston. I, I'm torn because I hate Livingston and I always have because they're they're club-killing bastards and they killed Meadowbank Thistle. That aside, I obviously don't wish him to do poorly, but then it's if he does well, we don't get him back. If he doesn't do well, we might get him back. But the thing is, Gordon, we can't wait because if we are like, well, let's just wait and see. We've got games coming up. We need to have somebody in. If we bring somebody in, there might not be room then to to bring Hamilton back or how do you fit them in the team? You might have to, to change a few things there. I, I imagine we'll probably get more of a loan signing as opposed to making a, a big splash. because I don't, I don't think the money's there to, to make a big splash. Is there anyone that jumps out at you that we should maybe be making a play for?
4: There's nobody that really jumps out. I know, I know the name Martin McGuigan from Stennis Muir has been going around and I think that one of the big problems with Hamilton leaving, it's not just that he's a good player, it's that we don't have a replacement for him. You know, he's been playing that, that sort of centre-forward role. Um, and whilst we've got other forward players, um, you know, Kevin Smith isn't that type of player. Ryan Wallace isn't that type of player. Um, you know, you really want someone like Jack Hamilton to be playing up front with someone like them. Um, so I think, you know, we do need, if we don't get Jack back, then we do need somebody that can can sort of play that. And I think, you know, if McGuigan is out favourite Stenny, um, he's certainly someone that I wouldn't uh I wouldn't mind taking. He's he's scored a lot of goals. He's maybe not been so prolific the past season or so, but he has scored goals at this level. Um and he's that kind of player, that kind of focal point striker, so I would
1: take him. But, um Hasn't he had some issues with the, the boss there or something? Potentially. I mean, he seems to be you know, he was he was like their
4: star player. I mean, even craps yeah. any team, he was, you know, the big main player and he, he gets linked to all these moves. You go down a league and you think, oh, I mean, he's going to be he's going to do really well down there and it seems to have gone very quiet with him and I don't know if it is a, a personal thing. I know they changed manager. It was, I think it was Brown Ferguson got the sack and Davy Irons is there now. And I think Davy Irons has got a wee bit of a reputation of being someone that's maybe difficult, aye, that, uh, difficult to get on with. Um, so, I mean, if he's fallen out with him and he comes to us and he recaptures his former two years ago, I think that would be a, as good a replacement as we could hope for.
1: Could maybe go for a, a short-term deal, Lee, or even a deal where we say, look, if someone bigger comes in, we'll let you go. No problem, we won't stand. I think the,
2: the, the issue, from what I've heard, is, is is Mark's personal circumstances won't allow him to come to us. But also, he's on £300 a week oh. at Stenhouse Mayor because I think there's been a, a few occasions that bigger clubs have come in and they've offered him more money to
1: stay. And I think that it's a fan that pays his wage, I believe. Yeah, I saw something like that on Pine yeah. or some forum or maybe it was the WhatsApp chat or something, which is I mean, that is something I'd thought about. It's like could we sustainably raise money not maybe this season, but in a normal season to pay someone's wages. But that's a, that's a whole other thing. It's a slippery slope when you start to get down that road yeah but
2: look if if the money was there then I'm sure that we would go out and get a striker but I mean some of this stuff on the the Twitter feed yesterday just baffled me and you probably see me clap back at a couple of fans like oh just go out and splash the cash on and I'm like where like yeah what cash we're in the middle of a pandemic there's no fans coming in where's this cash that you're thinking of but don't get me wrong we've had a windfall from the the guy that gave us money at the start of the season to go towards the, the COVID test and then we had the money that has come in from the government. Yeah. That's great. That's fine. But that, that's to help us sustain and, and have a club at the end of this pandemic. I would rather, like, I would be furious if we went out and spent £10,000 on a, a striker. You know, I, would I love to have Nathan Austin back at East Fife, 100%. Would I like to have Jamie Insell come back at East Fife? 100%. They're two players that would score goals. No problem. Jamie is tied down um, at Connorsquay, not TNS, like I said yesterday, um, at Connorsquay till the end of the season. He'll be on a full-time wage. He's not going to come up here and play part-time on a lesser salary. Nathan Austin is tied in contract to Kelty for God knows how long, and he would command a decent fee. You're probably looking between five and 10 grand to take um, Austin away from Kelty. So th- it's ludicrous to think that this is Championship Manager or Football Manager or FIFA that you can just go in and buy a player because there's always a budget. There's not a budget. I'd be interested to know that outside of the Willy Gray times, when was the last time we paid a fee for a player? I was just
3: going to say that I think it was Ryan Wallace from our and I think it right. was like three grand or something. I don't think it was much. Um, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the Football Manager, although a sensational game, has has caused a lot of problems I think for teams over the years because. You know, I think our record signing is probably still like Jim Cowell from the early late eighties, early nineties. It was like thirty grand from Dumbarton, and that was that was Jeez. back then. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, as you say, I reckon we've signed one player as in giving cash in the
2: last twenty years. Probably, it just doesn't work like that in the lower leagues. I know that we are paying fees for players when Willie Grave was about, but let's be honest, that probably wasn't through the books. It was probably in the, the form of a second-hand Mini Cooper or something like that. But, you know, Which I are, think a that, lot
1: of clubs do, and it's like there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. No, but... Like, c- conser- c- conservatories at like Kelty or whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a signing-on fee. I think
2: that's slightly different, Michael. But, you know, I, I can't see us going out and spending money on a player. It's going to have to be the loan market. I think if we're looking realistically and the name that's been banded about a couple of times and he was the name that was banded about before we got Jack Hamilton and in, was this Cameron from Kilmarnock who's in a similar mode big physical attacking striker i would take him in a heartbeat he's on loan at Air just now he's not getting much game time I think there'll probably be a lot of clubs looking for a player of his vein though so it, it depends on how quick we could act and whether we're are willing to to release him early, or whether Kilmarnock commander want him playing at a higher level, because I'm sure there'll be clubs in the Championship that would take him as well. Um, th- does anybody know did Jamie Gullen go back to the Rovers, or is he still at the Hibs? Is he back he's at
3: the did, Rovers? He's at Hibs now. He's 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 been playing on and off off the bench. But last year, remember he got rec- he got recalled by Hibs. Kind of similar to what Martindale said about the potential for Hamilton to go back. Is that I think Gullen did that last year. He went, and then at the end of the transfer window they maybe did better business and they went went back to race. So it's
2: happened before, certainly. We could only hope Mm. that that, that there's a scenario that sees Jack back at East Fife or that, um, you know, maybe somebody like Gullen coming in. But it's a matter of fact, we need goals. I, I mean... Well, my my love for for Ryan Wallace is is very well documented. I think he's an excellent player, but he's not an out goal scorer. Same with Kevin Smith, great player, but not an out and out goal scorer. Um, I mean, Ryan Wallace's chance that he had in the first half today speaks for itself. You know, I, I I said that in the group chat that a Jack Hamilton with his finishing scores that and it's one all relatively quickly after we've conceded. But I think that at times Ryan will maybe try too hard which I know it sounds ridiculous, but I think that some strikers just have that natural, I know what I'm going to do in this opportunity. And I don't think that that's always Ryan. I think Ryan's better playing off a main striker or, or feeding into a striker. Um, So yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. I I trust Dan and and, and Tony implicitly. And I think that we we all know that. And the majority of our are saying fans will do that as well. You only have to look at their track record. So
1: yeah, I'm pretty sure someone is going to be, be coming in and, there's no big, big rush because we've got Clyde coming up next week. Maybe the Cove game might be the, the game that you'd really, really want to make sure that you've got a, a, a striker for. But I mean, we'll, we'll see how it how it all plays out. It's obviously sad. Been there's a guy that's coming and had that impact. I think we're all going to be paying a lot more attention to Livingston games than we have for the, the whole season. I can't even tell you where they are in the league this season. So. I'm going to be paying a lot more attention watching sports scene over the, the, the coming weeks. But before we get into some more football talk, we're, we're going to get to our Have You Heard section for this week. And I thought I I would go for a kind of song that, that fits the mood, the, the sad mood of Jack Hamilton moving on. Obviously, someone like Doug would be wanting James Blunt. But I think there's enough James Blunts on the, the show already with, without having any more. But before I get to this week's one, what did you all make of last week's Scottish rap with Mad Hat McGore, simple things? <laughs>
3: uh,
1: Five out of ten. Oh.
3: Yeah, I, I'll I'll be honest. I think one of the greatest things um, on Spotify is that uh, fast forward 15 seconds. And, and I, I probably pressed it like, I don't know, 15 times or so until it was over. Yeah, I liked
1: it. Hmm.
4: Gordon, you a fan? It's, it's one of these things, I think, it's, it's not as bad as I maybe thought it was going to be. <laughs> I think
1: That's we, all I can hope for in my song selections.
4: Yeah, like, uh, My expectations. <laughs> and your low sex
1: low. life. <laughs> True.
4: <laughs> not too bad.
1: We did get a, a tweet from Ian East Leeds. He's an East 5 fan down in Leeds who said... He used to think only one song about the lights in the 4th could leave him greeting in Lidl's car park. But after hearing Mad Hat McGore last week, he thought it was a cracker and it got him crying. So, hit home with somebody. Well, you'll be yeah, glad to... You've, you've been a massive advocate of the show. like, And we, we love all
2: the stuff that you send us. And you've put us in touch with Joe Arcart, who we're, we're looking to have mm-hmm. on the show in and, and, and the coming weeks. But if that made you cry, mate, then... Come on, give yourself a shake. The only thing that that made me cry was potentially through my ears bleeding. Um, I, it's def- definitely it not lovely. from an
1: emotional sense. It is. It's like uh, you're it's- watching the sun go down in Edinburgh. I love Edinburgh. That's where I used to go out all the time, as we've talked about before. So to me, like Edinburgh has a, a special place in my heart. So I, I really miss it and the, and the history of the place. But you'll all be glad to know I'm following it up this week with uh, another Scottish rap. But this is a lot, lot more mellow and melodic. I sent it to Lee yesterday. I don't know if he listened to it. Did you listen to it? Nope. Okay. (laughs) It's from twenty seventeen. It's by a guy called Weird S O S. Uh, His real name's Drew, so he goes under the rap name of Weird, which is Drew backwards. Now very clever. Yeah. Now Doug. You might want to like just go 15 to 30 seconds into this song and everyone else as well. The start of it's just kind of a, a build-up, but then it really gets into it. It's got beautiful backing vocals from Kirsty Innes. This is haunting. This is nice. Guarantee you'll like this one. Wear SOS with On The Rocks.
0: Make check. One, two, one, two. Yo. Yeah. I don't believe in karma. Cause rich cunts can get away with murder. And charity workers themselves is facing hunger. We're run by fuckers. And all them protest don't make a murmur. I just write, can't relate to rappers and all that shit. You wanting money, wanting likes I'm wanting kids and a faithful wife Cocaine bars is Lindsay like Looking in the mirror like that's life But gyro's gone and one mad night Didn't plan it out and there go the lights No lecky, but bought some bevies, Sitting alone waiting for mates to text you Fearing the news, fame on the telly Rage at machines but do what they tell you So, back on the bevy on a lot as a silent help me Side, grass is not green, well I guess I'm so far, polluted dreams But when I sleep in my bed, a much better life goes round in my head Fall in love, brush with death, then I wake up in words unsaid Still no text, too paranoid to even message my friends I get out of bed, clean up the empties and all that mess I'm on the rocks. so then there's a thought, I thought I'd forgot This is my making, I'm no dean to chasing And it's never too late to give it all you've got
1: So, yeah, Word right. SOS, Have You Heard, that might be my my last selection. There's every chance, but whilst
2: we've got the boys on, you've listened to some of Michael's selections over the last 30-odd shows, and you've listened to mine. What has been the, the, the song that you've enjoyed the most, Doug? Oh, God. Um,
3: as I say, I use that 15-second thing quite a lot. Um... Uh I'm going to just go really safe and just say the the Cameron Barnes Christmas one, because I really loved it. We'll go with that.
2: Right, bottled it. Thanks, Doug. Gordon?
4: I, I really like The Fairy Tale of Stornoway. I really like that one. Um, I, I like a bit of a sort of, you know, like semi-weird comedy song on occasion. Um, yeah. I quite like that one, it was, just, it was just kind of in my mind from uh, last week, was
2: it? He's both picked Christmas songs, wow Well, since we're <laughs> 30 days in, if anybody else wants to tell us what their favourite I think the one they've had the most feedback on has been Sun Stingers once um, Which a lot of people have enjoyed, a few people have liked Cameron Barnes. No, Nobody picked um, Phil Charletta's The Sesh um, So yeah, we'll be interested to see
1: Phil, sorry mate um, it Looks I, like you're going like to need to release one. another banger
2: yeah, I um, feel like I liked it too. I liked it,
1: yeah. Glory Hammer had a, a lot of feedback, surprisingly. I actually liked that one and I thought it was going to be dreadful. So there you go. But let, let's move on. Then yeah, let's we're, let's, we're get, on let's get back to, to football chat because it's Cup Day in England and Scotland. And I love cup football. It's so undervalued especially like over here. In the U.S., they've got a, the U.S. Open Cup that I think has been going since 1911 or 1912. It's like one of the oldest cup competitions in the world. And people in the States just don't appreciate it because it's all playoffs and crap like that, and they don't appreciate what a great competition they've got. Teams put out weak sides. Obviously, in the FA Cup this weekend, there's been teams forced to put out we can sides, and we'll maybe come to that a little bit later on. But for me, cup football holds some of my favorite memories just in football in general. For a, a club like East Fife with a rich cup history, some of the best games I've ever been at, some of the most heartbreaking games I've ever been at ha- have been cup ties. So before we delve into today's game, just sort of go around you, you all and just just see what you, what you feel uh, about cup football. I know you've kind of touched on that a little bit before Lee with the League Cup, but just how do you feel about cup football? I love the Scottish Cup. Uh, There's
2: definitely a a romance to the Scottish Cup. The League League Cup, I mean, I know that's been our... Our most successful one, and don't get me wrong, if we are going to have a, a good run in it, I'd be delighted. But um, definitely, the Scottish Cup is a big one for me, and and hopefully we could we could get a, a nice couple of easy rounds and and get ourselves further advanced in it. Um, some of my favourite memories have been from cup competitions down the years as well, and I've I've spoken about it before. But Paul McManus scored probably one of my favourite goals at, at Bayview against Queen's Park from about forty yards out in the, in the cup. So. There's, there's definitely obviously the Aberdeen games one that sticks out. St. Mirren away, there's, we've definitely had some, some good memories in in cup competitions. But the the chocolate digestive cup or whatever is another one that, that doesn't make um, much difference to me. But if there's anyone that does matter, it's the Scottish Cup and and glad that we got through that round today. What about you, Doug? The Scottish Cup is
3: probably one of the big things for me as an East fan. My um my dad and his cronies used to do a sort of Scottish Cup supporters club, and they used to like go for lunch beforehand, do predictions, and made a big deal of Scottish Cup. And they would go to every single round. And when my dad passed away in 2009, it kind of lulled a bit. And then we managed to get everyone back in, and you know his friends that were that are still around, and my friends and their kids now as well. So it's it actually means a lot to me the Scottish Cup uh, and loads of great memories from Scott. I actually think my first one. I really remember was we went to bloody Stranraer away and I think it was 89 maybe we lost 2-1 it was such a horrible weather day and I thought god what a long way to go I think I would have been eight uh, to go and watch what utter rubbish I should have really realized and said to my dad right come on this isn't for me but hey <laughs> here we are many many years later and it's still going on so I actually was I would say that to my brother today it's quite sad that this will be the first year for quite a while we've not managed to meet up as a as a little gathering for a Scottish Cup game, so um, hopefully we get all the way to, I don't know, the semi-final maybe, and there might be fans back in April.
1: That'd Who knows? I mean, it's,
3: it's quite poignant for me, I must say, the Scottish Cup. I
1: mean, I've been back to, to some Scottish Cup games since, since I've been away. I was through at Livingston a couple of years ago for that absolute belter of a game. That, that was just fantastic, but Gordon, some of the, the old games at Bayview under the lights are the ones that, that stick in mind for me, good and bad. My very, very first East Fife game was the the Hibs replay in 1984. So it's kind of been all downhill for me after that. But what about you? How do you feel about the, the Scottish cup, cup games in general?
4: Yeah, <clears throat> I love the Cup. Um, I think it's obviously got that, I think, in Britain compared to other places. Watching the draw, seeing who we're going to get. Um, maybe not so much these days, but seeing East Fife on the telly. If you've been in that round, you'd be on the highlight show. Um, just these wee things. It feels like everyone's more interested in the cup, and so it becomes this big thing. Um, I mean, there's been across the League Cup and the Scottish Cup, you know, the, the Aberdeen game is the big game for me. Like, mm. as a standalone game, that's the best East Fife game I've ever been to. But I even remember. I mean, this must have been about fifteen years ago, going up to Huntley. You know, a place you will never, oh yes, will never go in the league. I mean, we were; it was a terrible East 5 team at the time, and Huntley were decent, and so that was a real. Um, you know, was that ended
2: time. up in a replay, didn't it? We we ended up having to get them back down to Bayview.
4: We we escaped Huntley one all, and they were all over us. They hit the bar in like the last minute. We took them back down to Bayview and I think we beat them on penalties. Yeah. Um, but, you know, going to pubs in Huntley, not understanding a single word anybody said, uh, being at a ground you'd never been before, that's it. I mean, the early rounds are all in January, so it's under the floodlights. All that stuff's brilliant.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's got a romanticism to it that I think sometimes i can be bad for really romanticizing football in the good old days when when you look back it maybe wasn't the good old days but football under floodlights still to me is is something special and it's like i love going to the amateur games that i watch here and they're all at night so they're under floodlights and it's just it just adds to it but having these non-league teams in the cup now i think really adds to it lee and it adds to that excitement and like gordon I was at that Hunter game. I remember going up to see us play Inverness Thistle before they had merged with Cali when they were the two separate teams. And I can't remember the name of their stadium. I've got photos of it though. And then we drew that and we ended, I think it was nil-nil, and then we ended up getting them back uh at Bayview. And then the Inverness Thistle fans, their bus got all their windows smashed by a bunch of Neds for a midweek game. They had to drive all the way back to Inverness and they had to shelter in the Bayview Bar and stuff because they were going to get attacked. And it was like crazy, crazy stuff. But I think having these small teams in it now has kind of it's revitalized it. I've always loved the FA Cup. I've always liked the early rounds and the, the preliminary rounds and everything like that. And I think we finally got to the stage now where the Scottish Cup has that excitement.
2: Yeah, I think definitely by having the the, the the sort of smaller clubs, if you will, involved in it is is amazing. I mean but I mean when this morning I got an email from my father in law and he was like, No pressure, is it but Thornton Hibbs beat Trinette earlier on this season and I was <laughs> like Phew. and then we went one 0 down again somewhere I was like oh this is going to be an absolute nightmare, but there's there's definitely an excitement having the the, the the sort of smaller teams and getting to see players that you're not used to or grounds that you're not used to. The Huntley away game was was absolutely excellent, and I remember from back in the AFDN days, my alias was Rothis Pfeiffer having been from Glenothis and getting absolutely abused by a Huntley fan coming on because he thought that I was from Rothis up there and they're obviously big rivals and stuff and I was like no it's because I'm from Glenothis I was like 10 at the time or something like that but it was yeah the, the, those sort of games are the ones that you you definitely remember I would rather not remember the, the Broda and the BSC games but hopefully next year we could maybe get to some grounds we've never been there before
1: yeah and hopefully I can get over for some cup games but let, let's get to today's game now. We played one of these non-league teams. It was a good result in the end. It's time for this week's five fan zone. So a five-star performance I said at the start of the show. It was five goals, maybe not five stars. It was a, an interesting game today, guys. And, I mean, Lee's touched on it there in the intro. Doug, when we went 1-0 down, Stephen Thompson, four minutes in, Brett Long should have probably done better. It was a well, well-struck well goal. What was going through your mind at that point?
3: Uh, um, it was a weird goal because you, you could almost... Like every player seemed to be pointing at each other and pointing to somewhere as if you go there, it seemed the most unorganised thing. And I mean, in fairness, it was a great strike, but really poor from Brett Long. You'll be pretty disappointed with that one, I think. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Like Gordon said last week, like this was their biggest game in their history, so they were going to come out flying. Doesn't matter what standard they were, which actually turned out to be not great in the in the you know as the whole game progressed. So. I think for me, they came out very positively, got that goal very early. It took us probably too long to get our foot into the game, but I think there was probably a little degree of sort of shell shock. I felt we were just going along, and obviously Hamilton wasn't there, so sorry, I'm just getting emotional again. Um, and I, th- I just think it took us too long to get into it, but once we'd figured it out, it was extremely comfortable. So a little worried, but not... You know, yeah, the old uh, token saying you'd, ru- you'd rather they scored in the first minute than the ninetieth minute. Uh, so no, nah, yeah, I thought it was a pretty professional job in the end, without being spectacular.
1: Yeah, we've we've been hit by some late goals by non-league teams uh, in recent seasons, so we didn't get that again. But I, mean, I, I don't want to be too smug, but that's basically me. I did say Tranent would come out early, get a goal, and then we would take over. That is how it played out, Gordon. I mean, I, I genuinely wasn't worried uh, at 1-0 because we had a lot of the ball. We were creating chances, maybe not doing anything with it, but you felt it was going to come. I mean, how concerned were you at, at 1-0, down? I
4: wasn't concerned at 1-0. I mean, not when they scored. I mean, it was so early, which I kind <clears> of <throat> agree with Doug. I think if you're, a, if you're a small team going against a bigger team, you can't have it be just an everyday game. Mm. You, you need to kind of come in and rattle them. And they got the early goal. That allowed them to kind of sit back and made it tougher for us to get back into it. And I think we did look a bit shocked. But because it was so early, I just thought, all right, we've got eight to eight minutes plus to, to get back into it. And I know everyone's mind will be on BSC where we went one nil down, then 3-1 up and then still lost it. But... You know the odds of that happening again are so low that, I mean, I I remember even thinking, you know, they they were putting such a big effort in, you know, they were defending so well, they were breaking very quickly, and I was like, they're never going to keep this up for ninety minutes, never ever, even if we went in one nil down at half time. I wouldn't have been worried then. I I still think we would have came and won the game. Um, it was obviously frustrating, but I didn't think. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really think we were. I wouldn't have thought we were in any danger of losing it until, if unless it had went on a bit into the second half. And obviously by ten minutes into the second half, we were what four one up or something. So I never felt in any danger we were going to lose the game, and it did end up being pretty comfortable over the night.
1: I think that that's the thing, Lee. In in a lot of ways it might actually have helped us to lose that early goal because there was no complacency, there's no like half assed at it. I mean we put a strong side out there, so it wasn't that we we were chucking young guys in thinking it was gonna be a, an easy game, but they knew from four minutes in they had a game on their hands and that they, they responded well. Getting those two goals before half time, the penalty, which was a definite penalty Agnew put it away, and then Watson headed home right in the stroke of half time to make it two one. That would have been a killer for any team, whether it was non league or league team, to to be one up and then lose two goals right before half time, one in the stroke of half time. It totally changed what the half time team talks were going to be like. But even without that Watson goal at one one, you'd still have been comfortable. But I mean, they knuckled down. They showed a good fight. They squandered a few opportunities, but it was a good response and it was two two good goals and no one was a penalty. I actually thought Agnew had hit it wide at first, just the way it was kind of hit. But yeah, by that point, we, we were cruising already by half-time.
2: Yeah, but I, I don't want to lose sight of the, the fact that Trinent probably could have had two or three Yeah.
1: Um, if they'd done better.
2: I think that they'd, they took another free kick, which sort of whipped and hit the post. Um, I I think Mm -hmm. that definitely I think Darnell will be having them working on set pieces over the the next couple of training sessions because any any teams watching our game today will be like again attack that left hand side I thought that that Pat had a a pretty torrid time Um, I think that uh, 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 um, 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 Stephen Hislop picked up on that a a couple of times saying that that Pat didn't start too great and then obviously they had a few chances down that side so um, yeah I think that by the time I think we scored two goals in four minutes um, and, and kudos to, to Craig Watson for his header I thought he's, he, he took that really really well Yeah. Um, and it was an excellent delivery by, by Scott Agnew as well who who showed flashes of, of brilliance today I think that he was still a wee bit careless in possession a couple of times and, and maybe could have played the, the ball a bit quicker I think we spoke about that in the in the group chat but it was good to see him getting on the score sheet today with a hat-trick um, I think that he's going to get the, the goal ahead of Kevin he certainly walked off with the match ball so he's claiming it um, so good, hopefully that's as the sign of the goal's coming in for the midfield again, definitely
1: Yeah, I'll get to Aggie in a sec the, the half-time talks I mean, Trenent's message would have been look guys, you're still in it, you're only one goal down East Fives would be, look, we just need to keep doing this you need to make sure that the next goal is yours and that is basically what the match boiled down to because as soon as we got the third you felt that was it, it was game over, there was, wasn't was going to be any way back, despite what happened against BSC, as Gordon said, that's kind of a fluke, you're not going to see that too, too often, but Aggie, officially credited with the goals in the 55th and the 58th minute, officially ending the game with a hat-trick and two assists, which, if you if you hadn't watched the game, and you just look at the scores and you just look at the stats, you're going to be like, holy shit, that's like performance of the round. He's absolutely was amazing today. But I don't want to be too critical of a guy that's got a hat-trick and two assists, but he wasn't that great today. That's the thing.
3: Um, uh, Yeah,
1: I thought he was pretty good. Um,
3: I I don't think anyone in the team was much better than all right. Yeah. Like, it was just, a, we were actually saying, 3-2-1, when you've won 5-1, isn't that easy today? It's, it was just, you didn't really have to get out of first or second gear there once you got to grips with the game. I mean, there was a couple of times, like, Murdoch tried an outrageous back heel at the end, it, you know, it, in defence, and almost gave away a go, I, I think, I, I mean, the, the comparisons with BSE, BSE would, Also beat them very comfortably, Trinidad. That's a different level for me. Um, Yeah, I I I thought Agnew was good. His deliveries were excellent. He got us back in the game. His penalty was very well taken. The delivery for the corner was great. He could have scored five, you know. Um, Yeah, no, I, I don't think we can say he wasn't good with three goals and two assists.
1: No, I yeah I was maybe being a bit too critical there. It just he it didn't feel like a three goal, and two assist performance. I guess is what I was more meaning, but I mean by by that point, Trinnet were like shell shocked. I never saw what happened with the fifth goal because by that point the stream had gone down. It had come back. I only had sound. So I'm assuming Kevin Smith scrambled one over the line because I didn't have a picture at that point, Gordon, but did you get to see it?
4: I I think my stream came back just before that goal came in and it, it looked to me at the time that um, uh, Kevin Smith was kind of played through. He He got a kind of one-on-one with the keeper, but then... It sort of looked like either he started falling as he shot or he fell and then kind of shot and the ball just sort of trundled, squeezed past the keeper. It ended up looking a bit um a bit messy, but um I, I think. Lionel I, Messi?
1: I, you heard it here. Kev Smith is Lionel no.
4: Messi. Um I and I don't know if he I think I don't know if I don't know if the keeper kind of challenged him as he shot because he, he seemed to take a knock. And then came off mm. so i think it was maybe that him and the keeper both went for the ball and he just got there first but then took a bit of a knock so it was a bit scrappy um but i mean talking about Agnew, i was struggling with it as well because i mean this is massively unfair but you, you could say if you took all of those if you took the five goals out of the game you know the, the three he scored and the two he set up yeah i probably would have thought oh, i didn't play well today now, I don't want to upset anyone, but if Jack Hamilton was still here, if Jack Hamilton had basically done nothing today except score three goals and set up two, he'd be sitting here going, oh, yeah, man of the match, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Don't care if my striker does anything else. If he scores a hat-trick, he sets up two, take that. But with Agnew, you're like, well, I kind of wanted him to score a hat-trick, set up two, and then also just dictate play for 90 minutes. So I yeah. feel like... <laughs> You know, the, the that's, what, ex- that's what you want no. for a
1: Scottish League One player, though. <laughs>
4: I, know, I don't that, think a... that's
1: selfish to ask for that.
2: <laughs> I don't think that's selfish at As all. I, standard, honest, I think it's his job. Yeah.
4: yeah. No, he was he was really good today. You can't you can't take that out of his performance. I mean, I think you you know also he was sitting. You know, he was trying to pick apart a sort of eleven-man Trinent defense at the time in the second in the first half. You know that's that's tough it doesn't really matter
1: who you are yeah i mean ho- hopefully though lee that's going to be a confidence booster for agnew because we need to get the agnew of old back he's was so good for us in the past and we've talked about it on the show for whatever reason he's just been a little bit off his game maybe he just needed that monkey off his back and today's going to be the performance that's going to kind of light a fire under him and maybe Maybe he's just start. look, we've lost Hamilton now. Someone needs to st- step up. I'm going to be the guy that steps up.
2: Yeah, we could only hope. Um, I, again, I don't want it to be like, oh, me and Tony. But um, when I spoke to, to Tony, he said he's been playing in a different role um, because of the way that Jack Hamilton plays. But now, obviously, we're not having Hamilton. We can play him further up the park and get him more involved. So, look, that's that's got to be what our hopes are because Scott Agnew on his games are our best player and I include Danny Swanson in that. Um I think that he'll he'll definitely influence games and score more goals than, than what Danny will. Um t- touching on Danny, you know, I I thought that he he just looked like a rabbit in the headlights when he came on today. It was like you know they he hadn't played football in so long that he kind of yeah. forgot how to do it. And again he's he's a player with unbelievable ability, but I mean there's a couple of times today that I don't know, is he lacking confidence? Is is he lacking match practice? I mean I I really I wanted he's, to he's see him in the Stat
1: eleven. He's lacking match fitness. And I understand then because of that you bring him on in a game like that. But at the same time with a guy that's had those injuries in those conditions, was that a great game to bring him on in? Was was the conditions playing in his mind? But, call,
2: not mean, not not being funny, Michael and I'm just going to push back on that right away. You know, this guy's played across, what, Scotland, England, yeah. on all the different conditions. That It's not an excuse. The guy's got the ability and he needs to start showing us it because we're paying him a wage. And he needs to start showing and justifying that wage because he's not going to be there on buttons. And look, he's a lovely, lovely guy, a great footballer in the past. But I'm starting to be concerned that we're going to be getting the the player that we were scared that we were going to get six months ago. That injury he, is prone. he gonna be injury prone, injury prone, injury prone, come on,
1: do not next to much, then get pick up another injury and, and I mean yeah, that's um, why he's, I he's, the cold <laughs> weather. Not that he wasn't prepared to play in the cold, but it could have aggravated his injury a bit more. Because a groin pool in cold conditions is not a great mix.
2: If that's the case, though, then then get a a, a job in Australia or get a job in yeah. somewhere that the cold isn't going to be a, a huge part of the game. But in Scotland, he's, he's picked a, a pitch that's on plastic. You know, when he signed for us, he knew that that was the case where if he was worried about the weather, then he's picked a ground that's next to the sea. So it's, it's, it's never going to be warm. I think that, that, that yeah, look, I, I think that Danny is a, is a wonderful footballer, but he's not shown that for us in any of the times he's kicked a ball. And here's a question. Has he started a game for us yet? Mm. In the league?
1: I'll, I'll check that One,
2: one yeah, game I at the start of the season.
4: Montrose, I think.
2: Right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. So, uh, I mean, we're six months in to the season and he started one game. That worries me.
3: I, uh, for me, that was the only real negative today. Uh, it just... It looked terrible. It it, it was like a real attitude thing. For me, like he, we were sort of screaming out. I I thought he would start today, to be honest with you. I thought it was probably quite a good game from the start, but maybe he's not up for starting. I don't know. But he got a good twenty-five minutes, almost half an hour there. He just wandered about like he never ever really got involved. I mean, they had a couple of guys who were my size in defence, and he thought. They, they are knackered. What a chance for him to show off a bit of trickery, beat a couple of guys. Do It was really, I thought it was quite worrying. Like, it just looked like he couldn't be arsed. Um, and, I mean, I, I couldn't quite see it due to the, the picture quality, but I think he had leggings on. You know, if you couple that with gloves, I mean, maybe just a, a balaclava, just so there's no skin showing or something, but it was... Uh, could be I, I, p-
2: to protect that groin, though. That
1: could be the I reason think, for the leg I leggings. think that's exactly what it was.
3: Nah, come on, guys. Stop it. Stop it. That's what the old sort of under the, the sort of cycling shorts were for. I'm not having it. Um, I, yeah, I'm really, really worried. I, I thought it, it looked just like he couldn't be arsed, and that was that was poor. Like, he gave the ball away once for an easy pass and then didn't even attempt to win it back. Just was like, oh, well. And I know we were cruising, but... I would have thought, as a guy with his ability or former ability, that that would have been a game you would have been licking your lips to come on. I mean, look at Ryan Mollis' attitude today, which was first class. Was oh, he so he wanted that goal, yeah, like you know, to the point that he got a wee bit greedy at times. But like he, he was rate, like raging with Agnew initially with that chance <laughs> because he, he was desperate because he knew he was playing against a pretty poor team and it was a chance to score two, three, four goals and get your you know goals to games ratio up there. You, you couple that with swanson's little cameo there and it was night and day i thought that i was yeah it's a steal, it's a stealing a wage thing i mean if he's on a reputed fifty a week or whatever then we, we, we want to get rid if, if that's the yeah. attitude of it to be honest with you
1: i mean but i, he I said fit. before he he, isn't fit. no but he it's a fit. luxury right now we can't afford because that money could go to a striker that can Come in and play He has had two starts Because he started The beef League Cup Tie If, if he's not fit. Fit, If
3: he's not fit To start I get it I totally get that But if he's fit enough To be on the bench And he's fit enough To be given half an hour He's obviously fit enough To be able to run about And he didn't do that today So he, There's no way They'd have put him on If he wasn't fit enough To run about And he didn't I, I mean
2: but Was he Was Did he come on And just playing Devil's advocate Did he come on When the game was won And it was just like The game's won You know what I mean so, but again, that is an attitude problem and coupled against Ryan Wallace, who you're absolutely right, completely berated Scott Agnew for a, a slack pass when he, he had the chance to get a goal. You know, it goes back to, to the, the Van Nistleroy story I've told a couple of times. You know, if Man United won 5-0 and Ruud van Nistleroy didn't score, he was raging. And that was the attitude that you've seen just radiating out of Ryan Wallace today. And, and that should be the standard. You know what I mean? And somebody like Danny Swanson should be coming and, and and given that attitude, given that you want to know what, I, I want to, to show you what I could do. Do you think that he maybe needs the fans in? Is he going to be one of these sort of players that really needs the, the fans there to, to to lift them and motivate them? Because he's come from maybe playing a, a, in front of a couple of thousand at St. Johnson or wherever he's been to nobody. And it, it just might feel like a bit of a training game or a reserve game or whatever, but you're, you're absolutely right. You know, I I am very very concerned about Danny. I, I don't know that it's an attitude thing, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, but he needs to start showing us what he could do. Gordon,
4: I mean, he might. Um, I I understand why Danny Swanson would be very frustrated with how it's gone. Um, and I think when he was on the podcast at the start, you know, he was talking about that kind of attitude, and you know, he wasn't coming down here just to see out his career and. He wasn't happy when folk were saying, oh, Falkirk could win the league. Um, and he, he obviously has struggled with his fitness and with injuries. And, you know, I also half wonder if that's on his mind as well, that he doesn't want to get injured playing the last 25 minutes against Trenent in the Cup. It could be that. It's very difficult to tell. I think I'm, I'm still... You've got to say, from our point of view, it's, it's disappointing that we haven't seen more of him and we haven't seen better from yeah, um, I still really hope that we do see that. I'd, I'd love it if he, you know, he gets back to full fitness and we start seeing the player that we know he can be. Um, you, you definitely are starting to get worried that um, you know he's never going to be fit this season and we're never yeah. going to see that. And, and that is a problem when we are spending relatively for us you know that that's a that, that's potentially a wage that you know could get us a really good player really good league one player and um, but i'm still i'm still hopeful that that he can kind of turn it around a bit um, but you you get worried about it
1: i mean realistically that's a wage that could get two decent starters in your team if you, if you look at it that way but i hope we just don't Go through every week because we seem to be saying this every week. It's like, oh, just think what this team will be like if Swanson gets fit or when Swanson gets fit. I don't want us to be getting to April and we're like, yeah, what once Danny Swanson's fit, this he's going to be really good for this team, because then it, it it's too late and then you're looking at the next season already. Let's get to the three two ones now. Um, we'll start off with Doug, then we'll go to Gordon and then Lee. So it is a tough one. I'm not sure at all, so I'm going to really hear what you guys say and probably just pick from that. No, so. no, 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 no. You're not getting to cop out, right? Because I notice that you I'm, do I'm this hosting. most weeks. Yeah. You,
2: you can get you can get your
1: hosting up, here, right. You pick first this week. Uh, okay, Agnew3. There we go. Doug, what's your 3-2-1? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, massive cop out. You've just given Agnew three, and you just said he was crap earlier on. Anyway, no, Agnew,
1: I did, did anybody I did. hear his little bottle of kombucha just dropped there? No, bottles <laughs> 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 there. Only halfway done, so I wouldn't drop that. It's so a waste of money.
3: Uh, I I'm definitely giving Scott Agnew three. He was man of the match. He scored three goals. We think certainly one, probably two assists. Um, yeah, but you can't ask for any more than that at this level. Uh, very quickly, an Agnew. What we do need to remember is I think he's now like 34. So mm. he, he, is, he isn't getting any younger. So, I mean, it's easy to say last season he was great, but he's, he's another year older. That's what young. We'll that. I know, but in the grand scheme of it, th- in his position, it's probably it'll, it'll Yeah. Catch up with him, you know. Uh, 33. Okay. He'll be 34 at some point. So, uh, two points. Fingers crossed. <sighs> two points. I've, I've got my Kevin Smith. I kind of thought I'm not going to give any to the def- defenders because... That was quite an easy game apart from the first half an hour, really. So I've given two to Kevin Smith. He stretched the game a little bit in the first half when we needed it. He took on, you know, the the big rotund fellow at right back a couple of times. And, uh, got his goal, you know, had a hand in maybe one another's. I can't even remember. All the goals were so scrappy. It was a bizarre game. Uh, so I'm going to give two to Kevin Smith. And I've given one to Ryan Wallace pretty much for what we just said. Mm. I just thought, for a guy that didn't score in a game when, he, with that scoreline, you'd have assumed he probably did. Just that that effort was really good to see. I thought it was quite, quite class of a of a guy like him to, to put that much effort in and and without any reward really. So I'll give one point to Ryan Wallace.
1: I like to be serious. I actually had Watson as my two, and then I was going between murdick and Wallace as the one, just because I, would... the the midfield. I couldn't have told you who was playing because you hardly heard them getting mentioned much but I mean what what about you Gordon what's your three, two, one? 2 one
4: I think um, Agnew's an easy 3 you just no matter what happens you cannot take that away from him when he scores a hat trick he's involved in 5 goals um, just no brainer for me um, I really did struggle with the 2 and the 1 um, there's a few names floating about and, um, but I, I think Ke- I, I agree, Kevin Smith for the two. I thought even when we weren't playing well, he was the player that always looked dangerous. He was still creating things. Um, he did get the goal as well. For me, that's enough for the two. Um, I did. I had Murdoch at one, um, and I do agree. Part of me, I, I wouldn't give any other defenders one uh, because I thought. We did look a Not bit your type? <laughs> oh, well. We looked a bit shaky in the centre and on the left in the first half. But Murdoch was just, you know, he he did really well, but when Doug said that's an easy game to be a defender, I did think aye, that's that's probably true, but um aye, Stuart Murdoch gets the one.
1: But you could also then say the defence made it look an easy game because they just coped everything
4: well but. i no, no, you know at times the other three defenders didn't make it look particularly <laughs> easy in the first half um but they did you know i think they all cruised through it after yeah. you know after 35 minutes that was it from Trinent, really um
1: yeah but, they're definitely tired and that's to be expected for uh, i mean we, we've spoken before about how fit this team is you saw the advantage of that today. I know we're, you're playing a non-league team, but th- that was a fit East Fife team out yeah. there.
4: And and I think... And that was a fat fit. Trenet team.
1: <laughs> oh, it was.
4: And there was a few players in that did not look that fit. But I think, uh, like Doug mentioned it earlier as well, I think they came out of the traps flying. Um, you know, they, I think they put a lot of effort... I think they put a lot of effort into that first half hour to kind of match up to us and to create chances... And I don't think we did, you know, and not not as a criticism, but I think we, you know, we were just playing it like a normal half hour, whereas I think they were really going for it, and I think that that it, it told afterwards,
2: definitely.
1: Yeah, they they definitely tired. What about your three two one, Lee?
2: Again, just to echo everybody else. I think that Scott Agnew thought he played well in, in large spells today. Um, his cross for Watson's goal was excellent. He took his penalty well, um, and, and yeah. I don't think we could take three points away of them um, two points for me I'm going to give to it's got to be Kevin Smith uh, again echoing what I think Doug said You know, in, in the early stages of the game when we looked like we were going to create it was going to come from him he played that beautiful through ball which resulted in us getting the penalty um, that's yeah, I think for that alone he deserves two points and I'm going to give a point to, to Craig Watson. Um, I, know, I know he was a defender but it was between him and Wallace and I wanted to give it to Wallace but that it and he missed in the, the first. <laughs> I always want to give one to Wallace. Um, but I think that he, he should have buried that goal to make it one on, I kind of give him a point for that So, Craig Watson took his header really really well and there's a lot of times today a lot of neat touches and, and confidence in bringing the ball out, clear the ball when you need to clear the ball, yeah just a, a, an overall classy performance from him today
1: So we're in the, the hat as he still it What about your 2-1 Michael? Oh, I gave my 2-2 two, two to Watson and one to Murdoch
3: uh, I, Oh yeah and how do you pronounce that last one? Murdoch yeah, yeah, Murdoch. You've been in Canada for far too long, my friend. <laughs> Murdoch.
1: <laughs> Jesus. Ah, what can I say? I, I like him in Bill and Sebastian. So, East Fife, we're through. We're into the fourth round. Let's just look quickly at the other scores in the Scottish Cup from the games that were played, because my phone's at 3%. It's going to die any second. I know I'm on a laptop, but this I've got it up here. Queen of the South on Friday night beat Queen's Park 3-0. Cove got by Alowa 3-2 today. Fraser beat Banks of D 2-1. Forfar needed extra time to get past Linlithgow Rose 4-1. And as we do this just now, Kelty are beating Stranraer 2-1 in the 51st minute. That'll please Lee. And then we've got... scored as well. Dundee, Bonnie, Rig, Rose. I don't know why I just fancy Bonnie, Rig, Rose in that. I just think they could pull off a shock. This might not age well when the podcast comes out overnight. And then there's a a of games to, tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday because of all the postponements and stuff today. So, I mean, hopefully we get those those games in. I, I've talked about this before, and we'll just have a, a quick go around the, the table here. I want us to get small teams in advance as far as possible in this cup. I don't want a I'm big money spinner. I, I know the club would probably like a, a big trip to Ibrox or something and split... I was going to say 50-50 gate receipts, but you don't even have that. But the the streaming fees or, or whatever, they, they would split. But I want us to get small teams. Let's let's get us to, to have Fraserborough or something in the next round. Get them all at home, since we can't go to the games anyway. Go as deep as we can. Make a run. Make some history.
4: Yep, agreed. Home to Fraserborough, home to Forfar. Uh, if there's any other wee teams left in it, take that. Um, yeah, at some point, you're like, yeah, maybe, you know, you don't want to get to a quarter final and then, I don't know, go out away to our broth. You know That would be a bit gutting. If you, once you get to like a quarter final, well, we'll just take a big team. But I want to go as far as possible. I'd take home to Forfar easily.
1: I want us to yeah, get the think... first team from the third tier to make a Scottish Cup final. I,
4: uh, I,
3: there's nothing better than a cup draw. They're genuinely like, see, sitting watching it on TV, and the guy pulls out like, number 13, Greenick Morton. And you're like, no, no, like, you couldn't think of a worse game than Morton away. I, I love a cup draw, so it's always nice to be in the next round. Uh, totally, Rod Stewart. Oh, yeah, that was, well, yeah, that was the best one ever. Yeah, um, I would say Fraser, I totally, totally agree. Fraserborough or Forfer at home. What I don't want is one of those draws that make me go, ah, oh, I'm so gutted we can't go. You know, like some weird, weird away game where you're just like, oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, someone someone pretty wash at home uh, would be perfect.
1: Not too much more we can really say about the game today. I don't want to kind of dwell on that. But, I mean, can we learn anything from today's game for moving forward now? Because we're going to be back at league business we've got. Two interesting games coming up. Clyde away, we talked last week, very winnable. Cove at home, a game which win that against a team that's at the top, and you're you're really back in the the promotion mix. Can we learn much from today, or not really? Nah, no.
2: Yeah, don't give away silly fills. Um If There's you're a goalkeeper today as well. If, if your goalkeeping coach has told you to watch free kicks, maybe listen to them um, and watch the free kicks when they come in. Um, and, yeah, I think um, don't underestimate your opponents. And you would think that we maybe would have learned that lesson after the last two years, but maybe not. Um, it, it took us a, a real a real while to to get settled into the game today. And I think that if we do get a, a dare I say, it, a Kelty or a Fraser Bra or somebody in the next round, then definitely be on our guard I think there's a difference between saying oh guys you know we really need to make sure that we're on it today and they're going "Yeah, turn in. oh yeah I'll be on my guard but if we get another team like that it's going to be like right okay we've effed up in the, the last two years of this all oh, it could have been a, another banana skin today we need to be up for it
3: I also think I think we can take a lot from today I, I think the bottom line is we've lost our top goal scorer we've scored five We've found that we've found a way on the pitch to win that game, you know, when it wasn't going great. Um it just adds confidence. It's another win, it's it's you know, four wins in the last five or whatever it's it's of course we're gonna get confidence from it. Um we won't get another game like that because Kelty, Fraserburgh even are definitely a step above Trinet. And you'll not get the way that like if we played Kelty at home, it would be more like a League One game in many ways because it, you're not going to get a start like that. They're not going to come flying at you, I don't think, because they'll they'll see it like it's fairly even anyway. So they'll, they'll think that you can just play a relatively normal game. So, no, I, I think we can take a lot from it. I'll very quickly say just a wee shout out to uh, the commentator, Daniel, is it? Whose mic control was very good today. Yeah. Daniel noticed it. So I don't know if he listened to any constructive criticisms or feedback, but I thought he was excellent. And also, just much better than Hissy.
2: Kidos.
3: Yeah, a quick kudos to Stephen Hisslop though for swerving, um, making any comment when Stephen Mill said something about him being four inches bigger than Danny Denham. Uh, that takes a that takes a big man literally to to swerve that one. So uh, I'll give Hislop a wee bit of credit, but apart from that, he just seemed a bit ill.
1: The, the stream went down. uh a- A couple of times as well, which was annoying, but I mean, I'm sure there's good reason for that. Lee might be able to shed some light on that.
2: Yeah, literally just had a, a message from, from Laura East 5 TV. She said, The first issue was on me when I pulled out the internet cable. <laughs> so at least she, she said, You can tell the listeners that's what caused it. So fair play to you for, for putting your hands up, Laura. No idea what happened the second time, just completely lost connection. So she's happy to take the blame for the first one. But yeah, it's definitely frustrating. And when, especially like this one wasn't part of your season ticket element, so you've chipped in your tenor for it. And then, you know, I think there was probably about three times just before the, the, the whistle went today the the stream went down then again in the first half for a bit and then obviously for a larger period than the second half so it is frustrating and, and you know I think fans are quite entitled to a moan I think that if it was a game that was maybe a little bit closer and that it was a game that you were on the edge of your seat you were probably going to be a little bit more miffed than you would be when you are coasting at 5-1 but yeah um, fair play to Laura and, and all credit to you for, for taking ownership of that
1: I did point out to my wife, I wish she went down as often on a Saturday morning, but that didn't really go down too well. Next week, we've got Clyde back to league business. Confident about that one? Are you confident the game's going to go ahead? Because we were having a little chat in our WhatsApp group about it. A lot of COVID cases have hit clubs in England just now. Obviously, the new variants causing a lot of issues, especially in England hasn't looked, from where I am anyway, that it's as bad in Scotland. But you've got farcical things like Villa having to face Liverpool with, with all their young guys. Chorley, I mean, I, I watched that this morning in between the, the East Fife game. Great performance by Chorley to put Derby out of the cup, but Derby had their under-23 team there. It's, it's farcical. I don't know why you don't just call a game off if there's that many players out and the worry is it could hit a club like East Fife and then you've got all your guys out and then you're having to to field your under 20 team or something are are you confident the season's going to go on or is it getting to the stage now that especially maybe at our level there might be questions asked of is this really sensible to do this for the next couple of weeks
4: I think I'm I'm less confident now than I was a month ago. Um, mm. you know certainly Scotland is not as bad as some parts of England. So we're not yet seeing um you know multiple teams just get knocked out by covid and hopefully we won't get to that point. Um but it's looking quite bad now so you know, if there was a sort of temporary pause, or if the season gets cancelled, I think you know you're moving to the place where you wouldn't be that surprised. Um, I'm less confident now about seeing out the season, but I hope I'm wrong.
3: I, I think for me, I I, um, I think there'll definitely be some form of pause coming up. I, I messaged you this morning. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we were playing next week. I just think they've got to be very careful. I mean, we're saying there's not been many positive, but you've got to remember that we're not testing players or as far as I know. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, you look at you look at today, you've got you've got a, a random sort of junior team from Tranent, you know, there's maybe an entourage of 40 people coming through. None of them have been tested. They're coming to play, you know, and and the area in Methyl, even it's actually had quite a lot of cases recently, there's just something... i put a thing on Facebook this morning just to sort of canvas people's thoughts or whether, you know, from football fans to non-football fans about whether they think football should be going ahead. And it's obviously very mixed because all, we all want football to go ahead, you know, for mental health as much as anything. I mean, it's yeah. a it's a big part of my week now, it really is. I mean, I, I live in my own and... It's, you know, I go to work and I come back and it's one of the big, big things I look forward to is, is you know, the game and then doing this and stuff. And it's kind of, if I didn't have that, it's a sort of bleaker, much bleaker picture. Yeah, but I, I think that is from... one of the
1: reasons that they have kept it going. For for players as well, because for some of the players, this might be the only time they actually get out of their house.
3: Yeah, but I get it from, from non-football, you know, I, I mean, some people were like almost quite angrily saying, like, of course it shouldn't be going on. Um, so it's really difficult I, I just I just don't know if it I, th- I think the Scottish Cup Kind of showed me a bit more That I thought I don't think that should be happening Like I, I don't think you should have Randomly sort of inadvertent commas pub teams Coming through with their, their wives or Because it was definitely You saw it in the stand There was quite a lot of people there Yeah
1: I just Well I mean like I Look don't... at like Strunraar has now travelled From the other side of the country To Fife To, to play a cup game it's like, yeah, I'm un- really sensible,
3: but but they're untested. That's all. Yeah, that's the problem. And I'm not suggesting that we should start testing really because clubs can't afford it; and they'll go to the wall. But okay. I, yeah, I, there's there's part of it doesn't sit well with me. To be honest with you, I, I would hate it to disappear, but I I don't think it's great.
2: But do you? Yeah, think, totally, totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. You know, I've been quite a vocal about my opinion on COVID and I am somebody that that does passionately believe about doing the right thing and part of me wants football to stop because obviously there is the the risk of transmission and stuff but equally I mean I would be devastated if it did because you know it's a a huge part of my week like Doug um, you know I'm, I'm still working through this so it's yeah, it's, it's something that you, you really look forward to. Obviously, I, I don't think the, the English Premier League is going to stop because obviously they can continue to do testing and stuff, yeah. and, and and that makes sense. But for our level, you've got to think these players have got families. If they've, you know it, it just takes Kevin Smith from the tackle he got today to go home to take it to his family, take it to his kid, to take it to whoever, and then you are like you know in the grand scheme of things, is is football really worth it? You know, as as, yeah. as much as we think at times football can be life or death, it's not. It it, it really isn't, and it it worries me. It really does.
4: It's, it's heart says yes, head says no. That's
1: exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm exactly. That's exactly summing up how I'm feeling about it. I enjoy this. It's like I. It's like oh, wake up on a Saturday morning, speak to you guys, watch the game. It's my routine now, and it's good. And I. Uh, I spoke on the last show, it's like I've paid a lot more interest to our league and the Scottish game because we're doing this and and everything like that it just, I mean this seems a good time to maybe even take a little winter break because games are getting called off anyway with the weather so it's like, let's just go to Dubai lads yeah, <laughs> why not I mean let, let's get to that then because that to me, and like I, I don't have a hat in the old firm thing If I was going to pick one, I've always kind of gone more towards Celtic just because I don't like Union Jacks. That's basically the only reason. Really don't care about either team. I wouldn't care what team this was that did it. If it was one of the teams over here that did it, if it was East Fife that did it, it's absolutely ridiculous to go over to Dubai during this. No one should be travelling overseas unless you have to for work. If they were playing a European game, fair enough. But to go for a holiday and then to share pictures of them relaxing at the pool and just having a, a laugh, it's a kick in the teeth for everyone. And I know they're saying they got permission in November to do it. A lot has changed since November.
3: And I, I, Sorry, I, I I actually wrote that down, Kick in the teeth. That's exactly what it is. I thought it looked, that picture looked so bad in so many ways. I mean, if it, A, if I was a Celtic fan and they've, they've made a right arse of the season, <laughs> they've just lost the Rangers and you know you'd be raging yeah. like family you know I'm not a massive holiday goer but there's families that depend on that holiday that they go to every year and they're longing and longing and longing to have that exactly that picture exactly that picture sitting on a lounger with a beer in hand with the sun beating down on you and you've got these overpaid which let's face it they are that it is and no wonder people who don't like football want football to be stopped like a good friend of mine, who's an ambulance worker, put in replied in that post. He said, "I'm an am- ambulance worker, and you've got overpaid people are getting tested constantly, constantly." He says, "And we're not getting tested yet, really, because th- they don't have the fa- facility to do it." It, it, it I, I do think. I don't think they would have gone if they were, if they were, unless they were allowed to. That that side of it, I don't yeah. know. But
1: it just. I thought it looks terrible, really, really But even bad. common sense, you would think they would think, look, like, this isn't going to look good. Like, yeah. right now, my mum's in a care home. My dad's on his own. He's really lonely. I can't get over to see him. And it's like, I'm, I've made that decision. My dad understands it, uh, everything like that. And then these guys are just going for a holiday. It's just, everyone's making sacrifices. Yes.
2: It's, it's elitist. And, and that's the, the best way that I could describe it is, it's, oh, well, you know, we're above you guys. So, yeah, well, we play football. So if you were going on our holiday, it is absolutely abhorrent. It is a complete shambles. And the fact that the it, it's been allowed, A, in the first place is disgusting. B, the fact that the Arab Emirates are allowing people to come from a COVID-ravaged country yeah. Now, granted, you know, maybe the Celtic players are all all tested and they know that there's not any cases, but it's not the point, is it? It's not the point. Like, I can't take my kid to a soft play centre. I can't, you know, literally my wife and daughter's routine every day is to to go out for a walk to the beach or, or to go to a park or something like that. Because, and, you know, I, I can't go and see my mum and dad at the same time. I can only see one of them outside. And then you've got Scott Brown sitting, you know, a ball here away from Neil Lennon, slurping down a, a watery lager. You know, it's, it's disgusting. It, it really, really is horrendous. And again, just as a live update, the Stran Rar have just equalised against Kelly. Good.
4: I mean, there's, there's loads of things you're allowed to do, but it's still not right to do them. You know, there's loads of things like that. And to me, this is a clear-cut case of that. You just, you shouldn't be doing it. You know, we're all, you know, it sounds a bit sort of trite, but some people more than others, but we're all making sacrifices. We've all, you know, we're all accepting that things aren't as good as they're supposed to be. And ah, the way that looks is is pretty bad. And you know, there's one thing not being a Celtic fan but Celtic are one of these clubs that give it big licks about the Celtic family and all of this. And yeah, there's Celtic fans up and down the country that have lost jobs, have have caught COVID, have lost their lives. And they're they're you know, getting through this pretty miserably. And my feeling is to see photos of Neil Lennon and Got brown chuckling away, drinking pina coladas on a sun lounger. Is it doesn't sit right, it just doesn't.
1: Yeah, and I think coming on the back of a defeat makes it look even worse. But I mean, that taking that aside of it, that's the, this is the kind of stuff that can then lead to football getting shut down because it's just going to get public outrage, and then everyone's then affected by by something like that. So I mean, hopefully we do have a game to talk about next week. If we do. And it's Clyde. Let's just get some quick predictions to wrap this up. So we'll hopefully end on a high. Maybe, Doug.
3: Yes, um, I think the fact that we've been playing every week and Clyde really haven't played much football in the last sort of month. I oh god, he's life away from home. What's our record? Yeah, yeah, it's not very good. Um, I am going to be very positive, and I'm going to say Clyde one. He's two, Jack Hamilton, oh no. He... <laughs> uh, I'll go with uh, Kevin Smith and uh, he's on fire,
4: Scott Agnew. Oh. Gordon? I want to be positive and well, maybe this is a little bit positive but um, I'll go for a 1-1 a draw. I think um...
1: that was where I was heading as well.
4: Clyde, I'm always I'm always wary of Clyde because uh such a good player. Um and I think without Hamilton we might struggle. Um but no, I don't think we'll lose, but I'll go one one. I'm not ready to predict an away victory
1: yet. I mean Lee, I know Rachel's a big fan of Goodwillie. What what's your uh, thoughts, it's not Lee? something she's used to either <laughs> <laughs> It's been a
2: while <laughs> <laughs> you can say that again, eh? um, yeah. If I could keep it away for Goodwillie for obvious reasons, then I would. Um, so oh, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for. a uh, am You want to what? Every time I predict something, it's wrong.
1: And in my head, I, I think we're going to lose 2 now. I was going to go with one-one, but I'm going to be more optimistic and go with two-two. And two, that we're <laughs> going to score two goals. So that's optimistic. One of them will be an own goal, and then. Kevin Smith will bundle another one in from a, a few inches out to the all count. Anyway, um, that is pretty Speaking much... Speaking of bundling in from a few inches, uh, good old Goodwillie. Yes. <laughs> but next time, we hopefully will have a game to talk about. We will also know our cup draw. If Kelty get through, Kelty Homer away would be your nightmare scenario, I think, because that just would be a tough one. But that See if we if we
2: if, if we went there and lost, or if we draw them and lost, I'm gonna have to delete social media and. Oh, he's to gonna die. have to take an absence <laughs> from the
1: show for a couple of weeks.
4: It's a nightmare because if, say if we were away to Kelty, that's one of those games as a fan I'd love to go to, um, and not not to be able to go to it would be crap. It'd also be crap because oh, we'd probably get beat. Mm.
1: Um, Oh fast no, fast last minute winner.
3: I'm not having it. I'm not having it. If you offer me Kelly Hearts at home right now, I'd snap your hand up for it.
1: Really?
3: We've just, we've, well, we've just talked about saying we want to play a, like a non-league team at home. Someone they're probably one of the lowest ranked team left in it. Absolutely They're bring it on. borderline
1: they're league though. Board,
3: yeah, but they've also got plenty of guff in their side as well. No, I, I think I, I would definitely take Kelly Hearts at home.
1: Definitely. Well, let, let us let us know what you think. Is there any mailbag, Lee? Yeah, we had a we had a couple of things, uh, but we'll talk
2: about it next week. We, okay. we actually got an, an email from Donald Walker, which I'm not sure if you've seen. No, um, I never checked an email. He, <laughs> yeah, um, had an email from, from Donald Walker who said that he really enjoyed the show last week, um, which was great to hear. And then he's he's talked to us a bit about um, his five live TV stream. So we'll, we'll talk about that next week. And we've we'll, we got a few um, emails in as well. Um, from our good friend Eric Brown, um, who also says what a grand job we're doing with the podcast, um, and that the, he wasn't sure that the the Fife fan zone um, was was going to be something that he would like. He was less enthusiastic about it, but um, and especially after the Cove game, it wasn't the best of But Whether it's Grown in Me and then Doug and Gordon, we have a couple of wank- sorry, we have a couple of guys who speak coherently and articulately. which makes for a sensible discussion. I don't always agree with them, but respect their opinions. I love the fun sections, the music and the banter thrown into the mix. Keep up the good work.
1: Oh, thanks so much, Eric. Well, let's just round things off with some music. It's our wavelength selection for this week. Doug can't wait. It's, It's not an English punk band, Doug, don't worry. It's not a European punk band, Doug, don't worry. This is an American punk band from Philadelphia. (laughs) They are big Philadelphia Union fans in the MLS and they have a lot of football songs. They're called Dive in the Box. And this is Away Day Rules. So that was Away Day Rules by Dive in the Box. Continuing my songs this month on fans travelling to away games.
3: Or whoever you might want to mention the cup draws at 11 o'clock tomorrow.
1: Scottish oh, Cup yeah. on Twitter, yeah. Facebook and YouTube. Oh, so I'll be waking up to that. Interesting. That's disappointing. I would have liked um, it to have been tonight after the... Uh, the Bonnie Red yeah. Game, or they never do See, it on the same day no. anymore. For for the
3: older ones of us, and you might all remember that it used to be you would get to the car and you would huddle around the car and the radio, on and that's when they would do the draw. Like yeah. 10, that's 10, my 10, first
4: yeah. memory of cup draws, and I, I'm basically I've like become one of these people that for twenty years I've been complaining about why don't they do it straight after the game anymore? Uh, yeah. Every year I'm just like, why are you doing it the day after? It's
1: it's when they do it on a Monday. It's like. The FA Cup draw on a Monday night yeah. is like crap as well.
4: Yeah, yeah. Like you capitalise on the excitement of the games just finishing. If you leave it a day or two, even sometimes I'm like, eh, you know, I'll, I'll catch you on the internet.
1: Yeah. So let's just finish things off with a, a little bit of fun, and we're we're wanting your help in this, and we'll we'll see what what we know as well. When Hamilton went back to Livingston <laughs> still, still tough D- dig out yeah. James Blunt again uh, whatever
2: back. I said whatever I did it didn't mean it <laughs> I just want you back for good want you back want, want you back,
1: you back? <laughs> so oh I, right which take that member are we obviously I'm Gary Barlow is the most talented one I, I see Doug as a Jason Orange I'll... he's got a head like an orange and right. I think that
2: Liam Gallagher once proclaimed that Robbie Williams was the fat dancer, or so I'll take that one
1: So that doesn't leave many for Gordon, he's got two choices uh, left do, There's
2: another. There's another one that I can't
4: even remember the name of that,
1: that, I want to say Howard Mar- Mark Owen Mark Owen, oh Mark uh, Owen's yeah. cool, I like Mark, Mark Owen no,
4: no. Mark Owen's the good one Howard is the one that nobody remembers uh, Gordon,
3: Gordon make- no offence you're 100% Howard
4: I <laughs> <laughs> That's only like the one I can't even remember.
1: I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome! But like when Hamilton went, um, Doug had mentioned that some Falkirk fans were saying that they should put a bid in to sign him, and I we was got us talking about deluded fans because bless them, Falkirk still think they're a big team. Their fans still think they're they're competing and signing a guy from a, a premier team. So we want to know who you feel are some of the most deluded fans in Scottish football. So we'll just quickly go around if we want to round everything off. Doug, who would you say is the most deluded fans in Scottish football?
3: Um, I've put any full-time team in League One. I think League One is one of these sort of, yes, for these so-called or people who think they're big teams, it's like a stuck-in-nowhere zone where you're, everyone that comes down just feels like they're just there until they go back up, like it's a God-given right. Wraith fans were terrible for sort of get back to the big games against Dunferm and get back to the big game. And it's, it's A, quite disrespectful to us, but also B, you've, you've got so many teams that want to be where they are. The only one I'll say that's been good is Partick Thistle. I've never really heard any Partick fans sort of giving it the big licks about no, we deserve I, to be where we are. And they've got more reason to be upset most. So yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to give it to Wraith because so they have the most deluded fans.
4: Oh, yeah. I, I thought Falkirk at the start, I mean, they, they really are deluded. And you get things like, it's not just that they think they're a much bigger club than they are, but you'll get Falkirk fans saying, saying things like, I'm really disappointed that we're not playing the Falkirk way. And you're like, nobody, like Falkirk way is not a thing. Nobody thinks that the Falkirk way is a way of playing football. But... <laughs> Doug Doug mentioning Wraith fans did make me, I think last year, there was a Wraith fan that says, um, oh, I see Wraith as a Premier slash Championship team. And I decided to go away and get some stats on how long it's been since they've been in the Premier League, how little they've been in the Premier League for the past 30 years. And it's like, no, you're not a Premier (laughs) slash Championship team. If anything, you're a Championship slash League One team. That's what it bears out. But I, I think some Wraith fans are like that. I'll, I don't want to upset Doug, but I think there's a few, there's a decent amount of Wraith fans that are actually quite non-deluded. But Falkirk fans, 80% of them seem to be utterly deluded. So they get it.
1: Yeah, I just I wanted to have a quick look there about Falkirk. So the last time they were in the premiere was the 2009-2010 season. So it's more than a decade that they've been out off the top flight. And, yeah, they they don't deserve to consider themselves a big team at all. No. Leif, what who would you have in there? I've been toying between a few. So I've, I've gone through the divisions of who I think are the
2: worst ones. Oh. So I think in the, the Premier is Aberdeen. Aberdeen still have this fantasy that they're, they're the Alex Ferguson team old, and that they should be competing in Europe. When really they're utter tripe, and Derek McInnes has done nothing with them in a, a seriously long time. The, the football they play is boring as anything as well. So I think Aberdeen in that division in uh, League One, uh, sorry, in the Championship, I'm going to go for Greenock Morton. Um, their fans have a, a real sense of entitlement kicking about them as well. That they, they think that they're a, a big team. And really, since that guy with the Sweetie Factory been them, they've done nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, so, definitely Greenick Morton from that division. From our division, I am going to give it to Airdre.
1: That's my um, pick as
2: well. Airdre fans, I, I love reading them on pie and all, Because I'm like, you are a complete nothing club, eh? Like, you really are. Yeah. Um, that, um, yeah, I, th- I think it was Stevie Campbell we had in the show that just hated them with a passion after he went there and played for a bit. And yeah. um, he really, he just really hated them. And then when you start to read their fans, are like, like, who do you think you are? Like, you've got absolutely no reason to think that you deserve to go up from this league. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go for it for Airdrie. And from League Two, Cowden, just cause. I mean, they, they are the epitome of. And nothing club and I mean there was a a banter between one of our fans and their fans on on Twitter today that we'd been tagged in a few times and stuff and I'm just like when I mean apart from the rerun up to the the championship however long it was like you never hear them, you know, pulling off a big victory against a team from the, the league above. You never hear them doing anything. They've got a ski electrics track around the outside of the pitch. The ground is literally falling to pieces, and I'm sure that if a building inspector went, would be condemned. You know, just give up, Cowden and just go away forever. Do us all a favour.
1: When Cowden were were the in the second tier was that under mixu panty lining, or is Thanks. it ravine Danny Lennon,
2: was
1: it not? Was it Lennon? Oh. Danny Lennon got
4: them promoted, yeah. And then Jimmy Nichol was manager when they were up there. Two
3: horrible, horrible Rovers
4: bastards you've
3: just mentioned
1: there. Yeah. So just f- like... I, I, I talked about this before. I've got some v- stuff on on VHS that I need to to somehow get uploaded. And one of them is the late departed Craig Bernard singing his Jimmy Nickel song. I don't know if you guys remember it. Lee probably doesn't. It was just, Jimmy Nickel Irish bastard. Jimmy Nickel Irish bastard. It's, it's superb. I need to get that up there. Talking of Greenock Morton as well, brought back a song that's one of my favourites. We played them, and some St Mirren fans had turned up, because they were either away or their game was off. So they were in our end, and it was when McGraw was the manager, and it was quiet, and all of a sudden you just hear, McGraw! McGraw, his arse is fucking raw, he's got knee legs, he's got any legs. Quality song. I
3: actually think, just very quickly, while we're on the subject of songs, it wasn't a song, but it was one of the greatest moments as an Eastway fan it was a way to Dumbarton, uh just after the Queen Mother had died, and the tannoy sitting goes, uh, we'll now have a minute's silence for the departed uh, royal, whatever. So the... There's a little bit of grumble. Then the ref blows the whistle. The place falls out, And within one second, a guy behind us under, and he goes, what the fuck has the Queen Mum got to do with East Five and Dumbarton? And the whole place erupted. And then they started booing That They booed us. Yeah, because they, the, sent, the they sent
1: officials up to talk to us. I seem to remember oh. folk came up to speak to us because we disrespected it and stuff.
3: It was A, very, very funny, but also completely valid. Point from the gentleman behind it, was
1: yeah. I remember cool sitting, I, I, w- I didn't speak during it, but I, I sat, I wouldn't stand for it. But I do remember officials came up to speak to us, yeah. yeah. Happy days, I miss that. Uh,
2: does anybody uh, talking about away games? Uh, it was when I think we got promoted under Jim Moffat and we played away against Greenock Morton and um, Mel Sword. I don't know if any remember Mel Sword, yeah. These five fan. Um, we were, I think it was. We were either we were either up or drawing. And it was a game that we really needed to win. And the ball came at the stand and Mel Sword had the the ball and they were asking for the ball back, and he was like, nah, 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 didn't he go to someone? to trying to waste time. Eventually, they gave him the ball back, and they ran at the park and scored, and I'm pretty sure that that was one of the games that was like the catalyst in us getting relegated. And I just remember everybody blaming Mel for us for us losing that game, and then he passed not long after that. Yeah. But just thinking about um, away games in, in that time, that, that was one of my favourite ones, everybody laughing at Mel refusing to give the ball back. I wonder but, if, if if anybody else remembers that, then, then definitely drop us a message.
1: I like talking about like Mel and Craig's. Something I've thought about doing for a, a while on AFTN is like the last few years and before that we've lost a lot of long Fife fans. It'd be nice to have a kind of memorial page set up. So if anyone kind of uh, wants to get in touch, because this is going to be folk that's passed that I don't know of passed possibly. Obviously, Chink was one of the. The guys that went away as well it'd be nice to have a little memoriam just to them maybe even on the actual east fife official site that'd be a a nice little thing to have as well but anyway let's round things up just now so we can all get to watch dundee and bonnie Rig rose lee doesn't give a toss so just before we go let everyone know where they can find you online doug
3: uh um,
1: or any closing um, comments
3: um no <laughs> sorry no i do um Facebook, I would be interested in, if anyone's got me on Facebook, that thing I put up about the COVID thing. If anyone wants to add comments on it, please do, because it was getting quite an interesting little debate going. So. I'll um, check but that.
4: apart from that, that I'd just like people to leave me alone.
1: Gordon, do you want folk to find you yet, or any last comments from you?
4: Well, you can find me on Twitter if you like, uh, if you've got a pen and paper ready. And um, Gordon Henderson, uh, Gordon H, one two two seven nine eight nine nine. So,
0: Jesus, um, yeah.
2: <laughs> come, come I think here. you definitely need to have a, a snappier Twitter handle. Yeah, just rolls uh, off I think Gogsy Gogsy nineteen oh three. Howard, <laughs> at,
3: Howard
1: uh, take that. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, Bayview the, Howard,
4: <laughs> the Howard of G. Glory Days of Gold podcast.
1: Love it. Dislodging Howard from the Halifax and our lists of top Howards. Oh, let's not be too hasty now. Howard's <laughs> a top lad. Um,
2: for mm-hmm. myself, before Michael goes on to me, yeah, uh, Lee, Lee G1903. That's a Twitter handle, Gordon. Um, it's probably the best place to get me. Of course, our, our, um, our own social media pages for um, the podcast itself. You'll get us Glory Days of Gold on Facebook and, of course, on Twitter as well at The Glory Days of Gold.
1: Lee G rolling off the tongue there as he likes to do. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada at AFTN website. Check out both our sites, AFTN.co.uk AFTN.ca That is it. I'm going to head off to the kombucha shop to stock up some more. Hopefully we'll be back next week talking about a victory in Ouija land as we take on Clyde. Until then thanks for listening. Get in touch with all your things we want to hear from you at Glory days of gold or glorydays of Gold at gmail.com we'll be back soon till then more Na Faith. going to your first match is an experience you never forget the atmosphere of what's
3: going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go wow I'd love to play here one day
0: if you get the bug it's going to stay with you for life